This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter VI. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Let us begin. Shiza! Shinku Hadouken! This week, nominees for the Game Awards have been announced. I also go over the latest Nintendo Indie World Showcase. Then, in our final stage, I check out RGG Studios' latest game, Like a Dragon Gaiden, The Man Who Erased His Name. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show that gives you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. to another game field edition of select start the video game podcast for acmg presents talk time live and talktimelive.com i am your host xavier josiah and while we don't have much new to talk about the news that we have we'll fill up this entire show so we're going to talk about nintendo's latest indie world showcase and i'll give my thoughts on what stood out for me on that note and then of course this is the time of the year then uh the nominees have been announced we're going to talk about the game awards i'm not going to cover every category because there's some categories where i don't have a dog in a fight but the ones that i do i will give my thoughts and of course when you go into uh that category when you go into their website they allow you to do fantasy picks um if you don't know you can vote on what you want the votes don't matter in our case because if you don't know, if you haven't been, if you haven't been paying attention or if you've been watching for years, then you know that they have a jury of people within the industry that does get a say so. The IGNs, the game spots, the game informers of the world, and certain other people in the industry that gets to vote to give an official decision on this. That's a good thing and bad thing. And I almost kind of wish that they would make it people's choice. That way we can add on to it. Um I don't I don't know if that I, it's not to say that that's would work successfully because there would be people that would sabotage it as well. Maybe that's the reason why, especially considering everything that's been going on in this world. Trust me, um, if you've been on social media, you know that there's a lot of trolls out there that just doesn't want people to have a good time. They don't want people to be successful. They don't want people to, you know, be appreciative of anything. They If you like something, they're going to troll you on it. That's how it is. So maybe that's a reason why people's choices, because the people, not everybody within the people are going to be fair and partial uh, or impartial, I should say. And that may be the reason, but it's not to say that it's, you know, relying on all of those other platforms is a good thing either. Because you guys remember, we talked about this last year and one of the categories one that I favor a lot got it wrong. And we learned later on because they got it wrong because that said game ended up being recalled and taken off the market because it didn't, 
it didn't live up it didn't produce anything that we wanted it to produce and then on top of that it got it got an award and it kind of took away the integrity of the game awards in my opinion for that but we'll talk about that but before we get down to all of this want to give my big shout out to amanda uh celine miller again for coming on the show to talk about the new the newest addition i should say to the naruto ultimate ninja storm series that is naruto cross baruto ultimate ninja storm connections which is out today this is the 17th it is friday it is already available i have not played it yet because i'm doing the show right now and it is on my i got it for the nintendo switch because i know it's gonna do great on there unlike certain other games <laughs> so um i have no issue with that so Thank her for coming on. She got a chance to uh, chill with me and we talked about her work on the game plus other stuff. If you have not checked that episode out, go out of your way to check it out. And I will actually, I think I will play a clip during a review of this week's uh, game, which is RGG Studios, which RGG stands for Ria or Ryuga Gotoku, which is like a dragon studios. We're going to review RGG Studios latest addition into the formerly known as yakuza world and that is like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name and this is a direct follow-up to yakuza 6 this involves kiryu yeah the return of kiryu who is no longer kiryu in this case wink wink and i'm gonna get my thoughts to that but yeah i may play a clip of our interview because it relates to something that i'm doing in terms of the grading factor of this game and we're gonna definitely do that. I think that's gonna play a part into my grading of that game, but we're gonna talk about that and uh, what I thought about that as well. So thank you, Amanda, for being on. You were awesome as always, and I always appreciate you and everything that you've done and continue to do. And I, you know, hope she, hopefully we get to have her back. Oh, we'll have her back on to see what she does next because I'm interested in seeing what she does as a teacher now. So we will uh, definitely get back on that, but thank you. and. Um, Ultimate Ninja Storm is out today. Go out of your way, check it out, Naruto fans. Also, before I even start, I will say this. Um, if you are on the Switch and you brought Mortal Kombat and you're still waiting them to polish that up, and to their credit, they have polished it a little bit. It's going to take a while for it to be fully polished. But if you are aching for a solid fighting game, I got one for you. King of Fighters 13 is out on the Nintendo Switch. It's out on all platforms, but it's out on the Nintendo Switch. And this is like one of my favorite of all 2D King of Fighters games. It is very deep in storytelling and, you know, narrative and such like that. And a lot of characters, about 36 characters in there. And it is fantastic. It is so great to, to actually play a solid fighting game on there. I'm not sure if I actually will review that fully, within the um, next few weeks or not just as a recommendation, but right now I played it a little bit and just, it just feels, it feels great. It feels awesome. It looks fantastic on air. It's like literally the best 2d King of fighters games of all. I think this was the last 2d King of fighters games. They game they made before they went 3d and this was the ash saga. Uh, I believe the end of the ash saga. I, I think this is the first time I played this version. This is the definitive version of this game. The last time I played this game was like on mobile when they came out with the mobile version of the game, but it was cut. It was like kind of trimmed down a bit because they couldn't add everything to it. 
this one absolutely has the story mode as well as the arcade mode. I think the mobile version just had the arcade mode plus the virtual. I, I wasn't a big fan of the virtual controls because you couldn't pull off all the moves fluently like you can with the with the actual game controller and playing it on the Nintendo Switch's Joy-Cons feel great. So go out anyway, you know, check that out. It's about 20 bucks. Actually, the base game is 20 bucks. There's like a $30 bundle version, which comes with the art book um and i believe soundtrack i believe but like honestly there's a gallery in the actual mode so i don't know how much more you need if you just want to get the base game it's 20 bucks you can't beat that it's such an awesome game um and just go out you know that will kind of take away if you want to just stop playing mortal kombat for a bit and wait till they've polished that up and play that in the meantime go out of your way to get it 20 bucks is a great deal for that game a game that at one point was from a company who used to charge you $200 for a game for a 2d game. Like people for, again, this generation don't forget, don't remember or doesn't know Neo Geo. When it first came out, SNK, when it came out with the Neo Geo, that was the most expensive game console ever. And I still might be to this day. The game console was $600 at the time and every cartridge was $200 per game for a 16 bit game, which they had hundred megs of memory in there. And that was their, that was their big gimmick as um, I, it was like, I remember reading, um, watching the, um, the old com the, the commercials for the King of fighters and all those fighting games from back in the day in Japan were awesome. And I used to love, I used to love watching them. I used to buy, t um, you know, tape trading back in the day. And I used to get the uh, subtitle anime that I used to watch, but then the commercials would come on and you would see a, a SNK commercial come on every so often. If they were advertised fatal fury or art of fighting. And those commercials were so awesome. And the first thing that comes in like, Kaka mega shock, Neo Geo. And then it would just like, you would see somebody awesome. Like some of the best pro pro uh, produced commercials for video games ever bar none. So, <coughs> but in hindsight, those games were to every game, whether it was King of Fighters, whether it was Art of Fighting, whether it was Fatal Fury, whether it was, um, you know, Metal Slug, regardless, all of them were 200 bucks per game. And then on top of that, the gimmick was that you could take a memory card, use the memory card to take, um, to record your gameplay and your save data. You would take the card, go to an arcade and continue where you left off from that game. If you wanted to just go out and go to the arcade and play there, or you could go to the arcade, play it there, play the game there and finish off. And then you go back home to like, cause they had the same engine. So that was the big gimmick with that. And not many people had it because it was way too expensive and they didn't stop there. I think the other Neo Geo that they came out with after that, I think the Neo Geo CD or whatever like that was also like majorly expensive. Um, great console, just way past people's, um, you know, pay rate at the time. So getting all these Neo Geo games for just 20 bucks or under 20 bucks, <coughs> excuse me, is literally a steal considering like it is just, it, it's crazy to be able to have those games in your possession. I think I own every King of fighters games that the switch has, uh, released that they released on the switch. Cause I was like, dude, I used to, I used to clamor <laughs> for these games. I used to jump at the bits to want to play these games in, you know, the definitive versions that we played in arcade. 
Um, so I, I, I collect those things like Pokemon. Okay. So, um, go out of your way, check that one out. Like, but we got some great, great games out today and just continuing the path of this fall season of games coming. And, um, it continues, especially with Nintendo Indie World, because we got some great announcements from there. So let's get down to what we talk about. I'll just talk about the games that really kind of stood out for me, which I think, honestly, it was only like two games out of there. I'm like, everything else was like, okay, but it was like one or two major games kind of stood out for me that I was very interested in. One of which was a new Shanti game called Shanti Advance Risky Revolution. Now, I looked at this trailer. First of all, shout out to Matt Bozen and his wife. Matt Bozen, who is the, uh, and his wife, who are the creators of Shanti. Uh, Matt Bozen has been on this show before we did, we, before we actually did video interviews, he was on his show and, uh, he was great to talk to about how he created and him and his wife created Shanti and whatnot and how great this franchise has gone, uh, as far as it did. And, this is a very significant game because you watch it and it's like, okay, they're going back to retro style rather than the updated style that they did. No, actually what they're doing with this new version is and the reason why it's called Shantae's advance is because this is a game that they were originally looking to come out with, with the game boy advance way back when, but for some reason they weren't able to come out with this game. And which is crazy because they came out with other Shanti games afterwards and they just didn't decide to just, you know, port those, port this over there. But now they were able to finish this game. It was something that they said that they wanted to do, but they just never got a chance to add it to the, the uh, you know, the Nintendo, uh, the, I'm sorry, the Game Boy Advance. And now they're just doing it and they still calling it Advance just for significant purposes of, you know, the history of it. Um, I thought it was great. It was just, you know, and it went into the, you know, vault of uh, canceled games out there. And um, they were awesome enough to bring it back. So I really, really thought this was awesome that they are doing this. And hopefully I could get Matt Bozen back on the show this time in video form. It's great to see him because I've never we he was very nice. He was very nice on the show when he came on. And not only that, he gave me um he gave me a review uh, copy of the game. And I was like, I normally don't take review copies, but I'm a big fan of this series. And I know this game is going to be awesome anyway. And it really was. I forgot uh, the, the last really big Shanti game that they came out with. And it was really good. It was really cool. And I'm looking forward to this one. So hopefully I could get him back on and talk about this. Maybe him and his wife to talk about this. It'll be awesome to really see him this time in video form. So stay tuned for that. Um, this game is scheduled to come out in two, uh, uh, 2024. And it's also being restored, remastered with a new four player local uh, battle mode as well coming in. So they, they added some new bells and whistles to it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, other games that have been announced is Core Keeper, which is like a top down sandbox game um, that's set in the underground world. And it involves multiplayer functions in here. You get to play up to eight players in this. Um, it is scheduled to release in 2024. Along with this other game, most of the games this time around are scheduled for next year. On Your Tail, it's pretty much, uh, looks like a uh, mystery, uh, sort of like a uh, detective mystery game, so a la 
Detective Pikachu. So if you like Detective Pikachu, which I was okay with, then you may get down with this. This is coming in 2024 as well. Uh, the characters are really cool looking though. I will say that they, uh, you know, humanoid animal like uh, people in there. Uh, and you get to explore towns and do some mini games and all types of things in there while trying to, you know, solve a mystery of whatnot is going on here so that's coming out in 2024 another game called how which is like a very artsy looking game uh, the entire game design looks hand drawn which i think is cool i don't know if i'll play it but that was one of the only ones that that is actually out now so you could definitely get that one the star named eos or es or eos starting eos is a uh puzzle game it's a story-based puzzle game, I should say, and it's coming out in 2024. Uh, Backpack Hero. This one uh, is basically, I don't know, what can I say? This is, um, what do they call this? This was like RPG, a roguelike RPG. Not like Hades by any stretch. Um, this is more like kind of, it looks very turn-based, but they say a rogue RPG. Um, but you're a mouse character, I guess, and you're carrying or you're organizing your bag full of items and skills and to fight off enemies or whatnot. It was, it looks cute. The pixel design looks really cute and everything. Um, and looks like you, it will be coming out later. Uh, it is already out now, <coughs> according to what I'm reading here. This other game is probably the only other game that really interested me. And it was Blade Chimera. And this is like a really beautifully done 2d action side scrolling game and the pixel rate looks fantastic in here um it looks very much like a metroidvania type of game that you're going around and you're this character with this kind of living sword uh kind of symbiotic sword um that can you know take out a bunch of different monsters and enemies and whatnot throughout the uh, deal but it looks fantastic. It was the one game I wish like they announced that it was out today because I would have probably gotten it already, but it looks freaking awesome. And, and the sword is, I believe it's called the Lumina sword, which isn't just a weapon, uh, but it's, you know, repels like a bunch of demons and whatnot. But, um, he, the character also has a weapon of his own, but he, that's a, just an extra deal. It looks, it, it's just so awesome. Uh, if you got to go out of your way to find the trailer, go out of your way to check it out. It's, I am so interested in this game because it just, it was like one of those games. If you ever watch uh, or played back in the day, if you're an old school gamer who played in the Genesis era and you play games like out of this world or flashback and you were amazed at like how the pixel rate in the animation was in the game because it was just so smooth. This kind of has it too, but it looks like it has the more like Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo, you know, 16 bit or even 32 bit. Mine, I would I would say 32 bit pixel rate type of um, you know game design here, and it just looks fantastic. It looks exciting, and I am looking forward to checking that out when it arrives. A really cool narrative, beautifully drawn and beautifully animated game called uh, Highland Song is coming. And uh, it's the studio behind 80 Days. Um, it's set in Scottish, you know, in Scotland and basically set with Scottish folk music. And it it's 
more like a, it's a story narrative game. This is what one of those category, those games is going to be in a, you know, narrative category or whatnot, or yeah, it's one of those categories that, um, the game awards is going to have one of those obscure categories in there, but it looks really cool. It looks absolutely really cool. Um, Moonstone Island also announced, and this is coming 2024 and don't know really too much about this, but they're going to be, um, what are they? What is this? Basically? It's basically sort of like an open world, you know, sky Island type of open world type of thing. You will be going up against monsters. I believe when I'm reading here, 60 different monster spares to collect. Um, this is basically a car based combat alongside, you know, you will have some crafting mechanics there and farming, um, side, uh, missions and whatnot. It's going to be one of those things. I, it's going to be one of those like, you know, kind of Farmville type of games right there. So, um, that's coming out in 2024 death thick, uh, double blind also coming out in 2024. Um, like there was, a, there was a lot of games announced, but I, a lot of games didn't really interest me. It's only like literally two games that interest me And this outer wilds. Um, archeologist edition is coming out as well. So, um, they, they pretty much announced other games like enjoy your dinner, which is out today. Heavenly bodies coming out in February, 20, um, 2024 geckos gods coming 2024 passport, uh, passport passport to the lost artists out today, urban myth disillusion center coming 2024 braid anniversary edition. That's an interesting one. Uh, coming April 30, 2024. So that is the lineup for indie world. Indie world, indie world is good because you know, we're showing what other things can come out, but not everything shows absolute interest in this case. And it's usually for me, it's usually like one or two games that will stick out, you know? So I, you know, at least the Shanti game and that, and, and um, the other game uh, that I mentioned was pretty damn good. It was, I, you know, other than that, it was like, um, eh, I'm not getting every game here, but blade Chimera and, and Shanti is probably going to be the ones that I'm focusing on. So there you have it for that. All right, let's go to the game award announcements. It's my favorite time of the year. I, I, I want it to continue to be my favorite time of the year, but if I mean, I don't expect every game that I pick to win, but I feel like the games that sh if the, if the game that beats the game that I pick, it should be a game that is worth it. It should like, and last year they kind of threw me off in some of the picks that they made with this. This is going to be a stiff year because especially when it comes to game of the year, there are so many heavy hitter games this year. We had an amazing game. Um, we had an amazing year of games this year. Like me alone, I played up to like 33 games that I reviewed this year and I, I didn't even play all of them. That's not even all of the games that are on these categories, but I will definitely give my vote here and I will start with now again, like I said, there are a lot of categories here. There are 31 categories. I've only voted for half of that, like about 16 of those categories I've had because the other ones are like based on esports, you know, categories that I don't really invest in. Um, mostly because I don't know where to watch these damn things. We don't have a G4 and when G4 was here, they never really did anything with it and they never utilized all the like we could go back to that G4 conversation, but 
you had a channel that was supposed to embrace gaming and celebrate gaming, but you didn't use it for gaming. It just, oh, it just, that was, G4 was just awful. It was just, ah, jeez. We're going to come back to that someday and really talk about that. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. That so much went wrong with it. I wonder what some of the, I knew was some, I still follow, I think one or two of the people from G, that was on G4. Um, but I don't know what happened to frost. That's probably the big one of all, but I'm, I digress. We'll get to that another time. So another, that's another story for another episode there. Um, let's talk about the game awards. Let's start with game of the year, which by God, look at the game selections here. You got Alan wake Baldur's gate three, which has been talked about heavily among these categories, Spider-Man two, which I knew was going to make it. <laughs> I knew that was going to make it when that came out. Resident Evil 4, the remake. Super Mario Wonders. I knew that was going to make it by the. I hate to say it by default. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's Mario. We're just going to let it. It's like, it's like Mario at this point to me is like the Simpsons. It's just been around for a long time. You're just like, whether it's good or bad, it's here and it's going to be here. So if a Mario game comes out, it's going to be nominated in the highest degree. The Simpsons is always going to be on Fox. It's always going to be on Fox. It is still running shows. It is not going anywhere. Neither is Mario in this case. Um, it's not to say that Mario wonders. It doesn't deserve it. I think it was a great Mario game. I don't think it was the best Mario game that I've played by far. Like the pinnacle of Mario games to me is Odyssey. Like you just don't get any better than that. But this one was good. And it was good enough to reach game of the year this year. But I really don't see this winning. And then... You got another Miyamoto classic, and that is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I know for a fact, I've played three of these games in this category. I also did not play three of the other games in this category. Out of the other three, I'm hearing a lot of noise about Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3 did get a lot of great reviews, and as I look at this, Baldur's Gate 3 reviews, um, it was really heavy regarded as one of the top games this year. It has gotten major, 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 uh, reviews from many places. Um, you know, PC gamer, uh, IGN GameSpot all gave it like the top, the top, uh, scores period. Now they also did the same thing for breath of the wild. And it comes down to, I think the big fight here. And no disrespect to Spider-Man 2. I think Spider-Man 2 deserves to be among this as one of the best games this year. But the best, I would, as a Spider-Man fan, I would love to pick this. But I got to be real. I got to be real about this. If you're just talking, and, and thank goodness Spider-Man 2 is in other categories. But when you compare it to that, if I heard Island Wake 2 wasn't the best so that's how Resident Evil, I heard was good, but not the best. I think the big fight here is between Baldur's Gate 3 or The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And I have not played Baldur's Gate 3, but I heard that game was phenomenal. And the way they were talking about that was the same way that they were talking about Legend of Zelda. Now, I will say that the people, I noticed online when I read comments that the people 
who are saying Baldur's Gate 3 may not be Nintendo Switch owners. It may be vice versa. I know I have Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And I know how deeply invested I got into that game, religiously invested I got into that game. I don't know if it's the same thing for Baldur's Gate 3, but I'm hearing people having that same passion. I think if anything that would, no, no. I was thinking like maybe the, the actor performances may be the telling factor of the two, but Legend of Zelda also has voice acting as well. May not be like the most stellar voice acting, but they have voice acting. Baldur's Gate, I don't know the story of Baldur's Gate. So that that may, I think the factor of that is going to be the, like the actor performances and the storytelling. But in terms of like the actual overall gameplay, I don't know. I don't know because you have a game that was a sequel to one of the biggest games in Nintendo's history and one of the biggest games of that year. And they managed to expand on that so not only you get to be in hyrule but you get to be in sky island and then there's a island in below so there's so much game to be had in that game and it's an incredible experience and it's a beautiful looking game as is Baldur's gate 3. i don't know how massive the world is for you to traverse through but i'm hearing it's like it's really good i think if Baldur's gate 3 wasn't out I don't think any of these other games will be able to compare to Legend of Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom, but Baldur's Gate has the chance of, you know, totally beating uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and not easy. I'm really, this is a really hard one, but I think the real fight is going to be between those two games. Um, I don't know where the, where the jury and judges are going to go with that, but I'm going to be biased because i played like i say three out of these six games here breath of the wild as much as i think i would say second to marvel um marvel spider-man 2 i i think down the line i probably will play Baldur's gate 3 I actually was thinking about playing that game i just i'm not always into the medieval type of stuff so even though it was funny things like zelda's kind of in the medieval side of things too um as i say that but like I am contemplating on playing that down the line. I just, just didn't have it in me to, you know, play that and immerse myself into that because there were so many other games I wanted to play too. Um, but I'm, I put my vote in with, uh, tears of the kingdom out of this. I will accept and respect if Baldur's gate three wins. Um, I, I absolutely, I think people will vote for it, but then I know there's some haters there because there's some things you could do in Baldur's gate three that a lot of people are a lot of these um adolescent fanboys <laughs> don't like about that deal so i don't know we'll see look again this is i thought about why we are why the game awards isn't people's choice but the way social media is i totally i think i understand why i think they will be sabotaging the chances of some of these games like it, you talk about Baldur's gate 3 which i think there's a lot of um inclusiveness in there and especially spider marvel spider-man 2 there's a definitely a lot of inclusiveness in there that some people don't like and they voiced their uh they voiced it on there i'll give you an example you know spider-man 2 the Haley side mission 
that I talked about when I reviewed it. I loved it and a lot of people loved it. But the minute you say you love it, you got a bunch of people online who weaponizes the laugh emoji and throw some shade and hate on it. It's like y'all just can't give any y'all can't let anybody have their 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 same way. This is why the Marvels didn't make it successfully, not because it wasn't a great movie, because it involved people not wanting to support female characters as leads. Didn't want to support a female black director. Didn't it has nothing to do with the quality of the film. Now, if they went to the movie and saw the movie and then maybe gave an opinion, maybe that they just if you paid to go to a movie just to sabotage it, that's still a waste of your time. But if you're going in and you say like, okay, and you give an idea as to why you think this was crap, then you're right, that's your that's your opinion. You got it, but at least go see it. But people decided to say they wanted to make it, they wanted it to fail. It has nothing to do with the quality of the film. The, those most of mostly the majority of people who saw that movie love the movie. It's the people who think that like, I'm not going to support it. So it's going to be a crappy movie by box office standards. Yes, but not by quality. So, I mean, the same thing happened with the Haley deal. People were, you know, crapping on it. Uh, there, there were other others that were embracing it too, but that's what happens. And I, you know, that's why I think we can't have people's choice for the game awards because people aren't mature enough to be able to give a fair assessment of this stuff. Like I'm, like I say, I'm, I'm a Spider-Man fan. I am a legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom fan but I can see Baldur's Gate winning and I will be cool with that because I heard it was a dope game. Who am I to really say? And I'm not going to crap on it. So here you go. All right. Next category here. Best game direction. Okay. For this, I had to give it to outstanding creative vision, innovative game direction and design. Again, Tears of the Kingdom could get this. I personally wanted to give this to Marvel Spider-Man 2 because I thought they did a great job and the way that they were able to handle certain aspects of the game. It was a lot of fun. It was very exciting and I'm eager to play New Game Plus again, much like every one of you who are just going online to say, can you please bring New Game Plus? Because <laughs> you don't want to play this game and try to play it from start to finish because you like if you're like me, you 100 the entire game. So, and as much as you love the game, I don't want to have to go through all that again. I want new game plus to enjoy it. So I'm just waiting for that new update to come, which people be patient. This has happened before. Insomniac had to wait. There are other games that had to wait for new game plus. We've done it in the past, but for whatever reason, they didn't bring it out in the beginning, but it's coming hopefully before Christmas. I'm just saying so. And then I think I do believe we may get more out of this. I, I, I would, I would hope, I believe we're probably going to get an expansion out of this too. Uh, so, I mean, you could easily say, you could easily probably say Baldur's Gate three again, and you could probably easily say tears of the kingdom. And this, I'm just giving it to Spider-Man because I thought I had a lot more fun, even though I, I enjoyed tears of the kingdom and very immersed. I love the fast paced action packed game direction of Spider-Man three and the things that you were able to do. It's just so awesome. So. I gave it to not, but I got a feeling that's not going to win. I'll be surprised if that wins there. Um, best narrative. This one was interesting. You got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. Now, 
you guys remember i was talking about this is to wonder like where these expansions are going to go in terms of like which by the way i think i think the one that got snubbed was um horizon forbidden west expansion uh burning shores that came out earlier this year that got snubbed i think that should have been in this category for best narrative phantom liberties was awesome phantom final fantasy 16 was great marvel spider-man 2 was phenomenal and i was gonna go with spider-man 2 on this but damn that cyberpunk 2077 phantom phantom liberties that was an amazing story told game amazing so out of the three games out of the three out of the five games that i've played in this i gotta give it to cyberpunk 2077 uh phantom liberties because i thought the story told was great i thought the payoff the payoff was wild of seeing uh v doing going what he was going through and you know you this is the other direction you could go to normal direction or you could go to this different direction of phantom liberties where there's a different result for v and it's the result that we want but it's not exactly the result we get <laughs> exactly so it it emotionally that story got me from start to finish and a lot of things that has happened is like you get what you want but you but with a price and that's how they got you with that i thought it was brilliantly done i'm giving it to phantom liberty for that one and i i just think i it's funny six games were added to other categories and for some reason well six games was added for um game of the year but for some reason the rest of them were five i would have added burning shores to this as well i thought burning shores had a great story and again we had games i was talking about like where did where does phantom liberty and burning shores come in in these categories like i guess best narrative could have been it and i think i don't understand why burning shores wasn't here because i thought that narrative was so great in it as well and if you're going to put them in any category that both of them should have been in this so best art direction this was a hard one too like all these games were i haven't seen this one game i haven't seen but i've seen all the rest of them alan wake 2 hi-fi rush which i think was a exclusive to xbox that didn't really live up i've heard uh lies of p was also one super mario brothers wonder and legend of zelda tears of the kingdom i am giving it to tears of the kingdom even though i did see life of p it looks awesome looks fantastic but i've seen artwork like that before and alan wake was looks great too but i've seen artwork like that before of course i can say the same thing we've seen uh tears of the kingdom artwork before but it's really awesome artwork and no other everybody has tried to do with tried to look like uh the latest zelda series but they couldn't come close to looking exactly like it so i'm going with that one for there uh so what we got here for next category we got best score on music um we have alan wake 2 composer petri alanko uh we have Baldur's gate 3 composer boris uh borislav uh slavov we have final fantasy 16 composer masayoshi soken we have hi-fi rush audio director sushi kobori and we have legend of zelda tears of the kingdom uh composed by nintendo sound team nobody everybody just get it get a shot for that one i 
personally went I, and again i'm just being biased because i played two out of the five games here but i loved final fantasy 16's music that music really stuck with me every single time i traversed through uh his headquarters you know um their headquarters or whatnot and all that stuff like i would definitely say it was more memorable on uh final fantasy you know and final fantasy is known for their score so i wouldn't be surprised if that one winds up getting it so we'll see about that but that's my pick for that it could easily probably go to Baldur's gate it could probably uh i don't know if it'll go for zelda i don't zelda had don't get me wrong zelda had great uh great score but not one that i would say i was really into it didn't jump at me like it did for some reason with the final fantasy uh score and i haven't heard Baldur's gate or alan wake or high uh, hi-fi rush but you know i'm i'm assuming they were all great as well so but i'm going with final fantasy 16 for that one best audio design we have alan wake 2 dead space hi-fi rush spider-man marvel spider-man 2 and resident evil 4 i am sorry i'm going with spider-man 2 here only because it was the only game i played <laughs> but also it was fantastic audio design was great i mean just a lot of things happened now granted there were some issues with the audio when it first came out but once it put together once they patched it up audio was great but i gotta go with that i got to go with that for me because i didn't play the other games all right this one is going to be crazy best performances this is going to be crazy and um let's talk about this ben star final fantasy 16 goes up against cameron monahan from star wars jedi survivor he was awesome in this one and it's one of my definitely star wars jedi survivor is one of my favorite game, uh, games this year and also it is the best star wars game i've played since um since force Un um unleashed bar none this was absolutely better than the first than their first uh game but his performance was great on there and then we got my man idris alba playing in I, you know what you know what's so bad about this okay well, let me get to the categories first before i say what i say melena uh melanie i'm sorry melanie labard for alan wake 2 we got neil uh newman uh, newman for Baldur's gate 3 and then we have one of my favorite people to ever do a panel with and, you know, uh, interview or whatnot. Yuri Lothal as Peter Parker, AKA Spider-Man in Marvel Spider-Man 2. Well-deserved, mind you, well-deserved to be in this category because I said this when I reviewed the game. If you guys remember when I reviewed the game, this was the best performance I've, and he, come on, this is, he's Sasuke Uchiha, by the way, too, and amongst other characters, but. I feel like this is the best performance Yuri Longthal I've ever seen Yuri Longthal do. He he put it all on the line on this one when he did Peter Parker for this one. Uh, it was just fantastic. If he's my pick, but if he wasn't there, it'd be probably Cameron uh, Monaghan and then maybe third Idris Alba. I thought they all did a fantastic job in their roles, but when you play Peter Parker, you have to really put on a performance because you got a character in Peter Parker who has been through so much crap 
lost of uncle ben loss of aunt may in this case um he's lost a few other people in this version in this universe of spider-man and now with the harry and harry osborne situation that was a lot of things too he put it all on the line with this one it was we've already defined him as one of the best peter parkers ever you know to perform peter parker um comparing him up to the tom hollands and the toby mcguires and in the um andrew garfields like yuri lonefall is in that list of best peter parkers ever he is the peter parker in the game as what kevin conroy is to batman for the animated series and he knocked it out the park it was so i we felt him in this one Idris Osborne uh, was also really fantastic in Phantom Liberties, but also Cameron Monaghan was just like, this was really, he was really awesome in this. My issue, my issue here, because the jury, and because I know how some, I know how award ceremonies can be sometime, because I was nominated for this show in 2016 is that they'll go for the one that gets the more, that has the more spotlight. A lot of times that happens because it's a little bit, they want to make the award show feel like prestigious and everything. They will sometimes go to the vote of the more profile person. And here you have Cameron Monaghan and you got Idris Alba, who are like the biggest stars out of this list. If Idris Alba is appearing at the awards, please believe that vote will go to him or Cameron Monaghan. I think because I played three of the games in this list. Oh, I'm sorry, four. Because Ben Starr was in uh, for Final Fantasy 16. So I played four of the games. Four out of the six categories in this game, uh, uh, the choices in this um, category. Those two are the most profile stars, celebrities, actors in this list. But honestly, I think Yuri Lowenthal, and I'm not being biased. I'm not being biased by any stretch, but he, he really, I'm a Spider-Man fan. And for me, if you're playing Peter Parker, you gotta make me believe that you're Peter Parker and you're Spider-Man. He did both. And not only was he Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but he was the symbiote version which means he had to have a lot of attitude he had to really break he had to be different dimensions of peter parker in this one and he really nailed all of it and peter parker spider-man is one of the most iconic mythological you know uh, modern day mythologies of our time you have to get that right and he nailed it so i am giving my vote to yuri longthal although i know for possible political purposes it could easily go to cameron monaghan and idris abe not to say that they don't deserve it but it i feel like it'll be only because of the high profile status that they have which i think is an ongoing problem with hollywood anyway in term when it comes to the voice actors versus other actors that do live action and how they're treated to that extent so i'm rooting for yuri i'm hoping he gets it I really do, but it's great that he's nominated because he's well-deserved. Every one of these people are well-deserved. Ben Starr, too. I got to give him much props because I loved him in Final Fantasy 16 as well. So we'll see about that one.
So let's go to the next category. Innovation in X, uh, um, what am I, why am I blurring out this one? Innovation in, uh, accessibility. <laughs> why am I blurring out of this? So we got Diablo four, Forza, uh, motor sport, high rush, hi-fi rush, Marvel, Spider-Man two, Mortal Kombat one. First time Mortal Kombat's in the uh, entry of these categories. Won't be the last. And neither is this one, Street Fighter VI. I personally voted for Street Fighter VI. I played three of the three out of the six games here. And I think among the three, Street Fighter really did a, did a really great job with their accessibility uh, features in there. And I remember seeing somebody who was, I think, deaf or uh, deaf or blind. And no, it was blind. And he was able to play Street Fighter professionally. He, he played like a pro by listening to the footsteps of the, because they have a feature where you can get the sounds of the, uh, of the game. So, you know, for somehow, some way, you know how to perform a move, you know, when an enemy is coming at you and he was able to execute that perfectly. I remember seeing, that. I thought that was awesome. They have some, a lot of accessibility features in this game. So I, I voted for that Mortal Kombat. I didn't really see too much going on from that. Spider-Man two would be my second guess, uh, second pick because I've seen what they did with that one too. And I thought that was awesome what they did there. And talk about, talk about inclusion. Spider-Man two, it should get the award for that accessibility and, but in, just inclusiveness and representation. Cause that one really did it justice with that one. Uh, for, so, but I'm going with street fighter. Um, I'm going with Street Fighter 6 here. I could be wrong. I've never played Diablo only because I found out it was a, a online only live service type of experience. And I'm like, nope, I'm out. Especially when their server went down and nobody could play it. Nope, I'm good. Forza Motorsports, I've never ever played. High Five Rush, I probably would have if it was on multiple platforms, but it's not. So I had to skip out of that. So and that's going to be where my vote is for that. Games for Impact. Okay, this category i don't have a dog in a fight but i'll list off the categories um a space for unbound chance of sonar goodbye volcano high that actually i should have played that game i probably do need to play that game i heard i i was really interested in wanting to play that. It's like the humanoid animals that are going through like gen z type of stuff looks like it was going to be a great story um i believe it's pronounced tashia uh taro nil and verba I, I've never played neither one, so I have no dog in this fight. So we're just going to move on here. Best ongoing. Okay. Category for this is Apex Legends, Cyberpunk 2077, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, Genshin Impact. I voted for Cyberpunk 2077 because their comeback has been insane. Um, I know they probably won't win, but that's just my personal pick. I think it's going to go to Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, or Genshin Impact. I think everybody else has a dog in a fight. I think Cyberpunk 27 was just a throw in, but it does deserve to be recognized for what they were able to do. Now, if Cyberpunk comes out with another story, then that's a whole nother thing because the Phantom Liberty story was just fantastic. I can't speak for the rest of them because I never had desire to play to any of them, but I'm just rooting for that one. Nonetheless, best community support. Have no dog in this fight either, but I'll go off with the categories. Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, No Man's Sky. Talk about the... I, I I speak highly of Cyberpunk 2077 being one of the best comebacks in history. 
I forgot about No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is the it, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is second only to No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky was once known as one of the worst games to ever release, and they made a major comeback, which is why I got so much hope for Mortal Kombat 1. Eventually. Just not this year. But this game, that game, man, what a comeback that that game had. Talk about best comeback ever. <laughs> Those two alone. But uh, I, I don't know, have a, I don't have a dog in this fight because I don't know what that consists of. Um, so we're moving on from there. Best independent game. Surprisingly, I have no dog in this fight because I normally will play one of these games. See a star is, I said I was going to get, but I never end up getting and playing. Cocoon, Dave the Diver, uh, Dredge, Sea of Stars. I don't know why I haven't played this one considering my, you know, freelance business is named this. Viewfinder. <laughs> so unfortunately did not play any of these games. So I have no dog here. I'm moving on from that. Best debut indie game. Again, I haven't played none of these indie games. Uh, Kata, uh, nominees are Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Vermba, and Viewfinder. I should probably invest in this Viewfinder, see what the hell that's about. Best mobile game. I technically don't have a dog in this fight, but if I'm going to pick one, it's probably going to be, if I'm going to predict which one is going to win, it's probably going to be Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, but also be competing with Hello Kitty, Island Adventure, uh, Honkai Star Rail, Monster Hunter Now, and Terra, uh, Terra Nil. So those are the categories, but of course it's Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> which I would be surprised if that doesn't win. So have that. Bet I really don't have a dog in this fight. Best VR AR game. Uh, nominees are Gran Turismo 7. That should that probably is gonna be fun. If you're gonna do VR, that's probably gonna be the one to do it. Horizon, Call of the Mountain. I don't like disembodied hands. <laughs> that was one of those deals with disembodied hand. I hate it's probably why I don't play um VR. I hate the disembodied hand thing. Human uh humani human wait, I'm sorry. Humanity. That's what I was pronounced. Resident Evil Village VR mode and Synapse. So those are the categories there. I will never have a dog in that fight. I will have a dog in this one, maybe. Well, no, because every game that I played here is not nominated. Um, so best action game goes to Armor Core five, uh, 6, Fires of Recubin. Uh, The Dead Island 2 game is there, Ghost Runner 2. I would play Ghost uh, Runner 2, but it's too damn fast paced. I can't get down with that. Like I, I'm, I'm now, into first person games but that needs to slow down i'm, I'm chill with that one hi-fi rush is also uh, nominated and remnant 2 is that so i have no dog in this fight but that's what's nominated there i have a dog in this fight best action adventure game okay we have alan wake marvel spider-man 2 resident evil 4 star wars jedi survivor and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. You think that I'm going to go for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, aren't you? You'd be wrong. Because as much as I love the overall experience of that game, when you talk about action and adventure, Spider-Man 2 was much more fun. It was much more fun just playing and doing, having the action and the puzzles were a little bit easier from there but 
Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom probably will win this, but Marvel Spider-Man to me was just so much fun. Um, Tears of the Kingdom was just a whole nother level of experience and overall experience that can't be competed with, which I find it funny that like Baldur's Gate is not in here. But if I would give a second, Tears of the Kingdom would be and then third Jedi Survivor. I played three of the five games in this category and I got us. Spider-Man was just that damn good. It was really, when it comes to action, you can't beat that action. As much as I love Tears of the Kingdom, you cannot beat that action. Like Tears of the Kingdom is more like a survival type of thing, but Spider-Man is like, you're not, you can stealth, but you, you don't have to stealth. You could just go balls out on everything in there. So I'm putting my vote to Marvel Spider-Man. Hopefully it gets that. So we'll see. Best RPG. Now, I've only played one game in this category and I'm still not voting for that. I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not just gonna vote for that category just because I played it, because I personally do not believe that is the best in this category. And that is for best RPG. The category and the nominees for this category is Baldur's Gate 3, going up against Final Fantasy 16, Liza P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. I've only played Final Fantasy 16, but even I can say Final Fantasy 16 was great, but not RPG of the year great. That is probably going to be won by Baldur's Gate 3. I will be surprised if any of the other categories beat that the way people are talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Um, but as a person who enjoyed Final Fantasy 16, I really did enjoy it. It was one of my favorite games this year. But in terms of Final Fantasy games, it's not the top game. And plus, because it was done, Platinum Games worked on it, they changed the way it felt in terms of gameplay and all this stuff. Um, it was just a different game. It does deserve to be in this category, but I don't think it's the deepest experience uh, for RPG that I've ever played. Um, that's probably going to go to any of those other games in this category. But shout out to them for actually adding on. But I'm not, I'm not going to be biased. I know Final Fantasy 16 is not winning this category. But it's great that it's nominated as well so all right here is the category that i'm most excited for but the category that pissed me off last year this is it best fighting game of the year before i even talk about the category here i want to take you back last year the nominees for matter of fact let's see because they now redone this whole entire page uh the game awards 2022 fighting fighting game. Let's see what comes up. Wait, do they actually have that? This is still up. Oh, damn it. That's the recent one. I gotta see which one predicting the best fighting game. Game rings. Before we get it, because we gotta we gotta have a conversation about this. So, okay, here it is. Alright, last year. The fighting game category, uh, nominees for the best fighting game was DNF Duel, which I thought was for this particular category was great. It wasn't the best Arc System Works fighting game ever. It was Guilty Gear on a budget, but it was still fun. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R was great. Um, they reported that and it was awesome. King of the Fighters 15, which was great, but not the best. I thought, I thought, you know, even though it looked great and it played great, in terms of present presentation was pretty good but storytelling and narrative 
I thought they phoned it in. I thought SNK phoned it in, but still a solid fighting game. And then you have multiverses, which was a absolute Smash Brothers clone with a with a gimmick, with a kick. I will say this. I did play that game. I did like it because it had a tag team feature on there that was pretty cool. It played pretty well. It lacked content, but it didn't have a story to tell. It was a live service game, but it was still fun to play nonetheless. But after that, after you just playing the basic stuff, there was nothing else to play. And then you have Sifu, which honestly, it shouldn't have been in this category. Um, why? Because it, it was a, it's, it's a beat em up game. It's a 3d beat em up game. But what that said is one of the best action beat em up games ever. It is the best. Um, if it had a fighting game element, I didn't see it. I was more like in this case, like a dragon should have been in these categories. That's what this was more of like this. The, the engine was fantastic, but my goodness, this was not a, this does not need to be in there. And yet the winner of this for some odd reason, was multiverses multiverses beat dnfl duel jojo's bizarre adventure and king of fighters which are all traditionally solid fighting games awesome fighting games great fighting games in their own right multiverses was even though the the category the, it was there And now see, cause game brand is probably one of the people that voted for it. It shouldn't have won. And we learned why later on this game was taken off the market. It didn't have anything, other things going for it. People were clamoring for more content. They didn't provide it and they took it off the market. The game that was voted the fighting game of the year was like the least fulfilling game of them all this was a misstep in the judging for 2022 so here we are in 2023 and i've been waiting for this because i knew what was to come this year this is a year when the legends the pinnacle of fighting game in this genre are both coming back god i wish tekken 8 would have came back this would have been a freaking great year but the two kings, the Michael Jackson and Prince of fighting games came back to square off and we got to play both of them. I played both betas of these games and then they have other ones that are also in this category too, two of which I got to look up and check out. But, and this is funny because one of them just literally came out a couple weeks ago and all of a sudden it's like it got nominated. I love when that happens. But it also got high praise too. And I, I swear to God, if that wins, I will be furious, utterly furious. Here are the nominees for best fighting game. God of Rock, which I got to check out. I got to really check out Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, which literally just came out not too long ago, Pocket Bravery, and of course, Street Fighter 6. So when I talk about the greatest of all time, I ain't talking about no damn Nickelodeon all-star battle. I'm talking street fighter and I'm talking mortal Kombat. 
we got to see them square off this year in 2026 to see which one was going to be the better of the two. And in my humble opinion and many others' opinion as well, although we loved Mortal Kombat 1, what we didn't like about it was the fact that the day one release of the game had issues. In some cases, depending on which console, it had major issues. On the Xbox and the PlayStation 5, it had online issues, connectivity issues, and other little glitches and bugs that they had to fix on day one and after. But on a Nintendo Switch, which when Mortal Kombat 11 came out, people, it was on the Switch. And that time, people praised the presentation and look and frame rate. Maybe not the graphic, because we we understood that the graphics were, were it's not going to compete with the with the PlayStation Five and the Xbox. Like any idiot would know that, and we were okay with that because we just wanted to play the game, much like we do with Mortal Kombat One. But as you know, especially if you listen to the review of this episode, you listen to this, and I mean, you listen to this episode, and you heard my. I didn't outcry. I was trying to be rational. I was trying to be, I was trying to be considerate of what's going on here. And I ended up, I ended up like being okay with what's going on. Cause I knew that, that they were going to fix this situation, but my God, there was some, and still is some situations going on with that game. That game on the Nintendo switch is not polished. And you cannot, you cannot take away the fact that it came out looking like crap and playing like crap and crashing and buggy on the Nintendo switch. It looked, it was an embarrassment and all people can talk about when the Mortal Kombat released was the Nintendo switch and how awful it looks to the point that they even, you know, People started crapping on the Nintendo Switch, which I think is unfair because Nintendo it's not Nintendo Switch's fault. It's not the hardware's fault. It's the developer's fault. If you're smart enough to understand that, it's the developer's fault because if you have a Nintendo Switch, then you know there's a lot of different ports from games that are also on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. But people want to people want to clown and joke just for the sake of clown and joking. I don't think that everybody truly n- believes that the Nintendo switch is crap. I believe they, they just want to just troll and throw shade and want to, you know, damper on other people's, you know, experiences and everything. I mean, that's the, that's the toxic, unhealthy mentality that is going on today. And I, you know, I got to tell you folks, if that's what you're doing, is that what you're wasting your energy on? One, you need therapy Two, I highly recommend it Two, You got a lot going on in your world. If that's all you're doing, is going online to make somebody feel bad. What is going on in your world? I might ask why, why, what is going on? Like there's some deep rooted stuff going on. If that's all you do. I mean, come on. There's a lot more things that you could do in life than try to make other people feel as bad as you are or as miserable as you are. Just, it, it just really is. I'm just saying, but I digress. There are other ports on there on a platform that is much more successful again. I have 
played all the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games, including the one that came out today. I'm pretty sure that's going to be great on there. I would be surprised if that's not. I've played other games that Platinum Games has ported onto other games. I've played other games that, that has been complete, really great looking ports on there. This is just an uh, mis uh, inconvenience because here's the deal. Before this game came out, nobody was crapping on any games from Nintendo Switch. It was only when one of the biggest games and get biggest and most anticipated games came out. They didn't eat crap Mortal Kombat 11 when it came out. People were praising that. It was because this one is dead. Now, now the big adolescent, you know, childish, you know, game that people are playing is like, we're going to crap on the whole entire thing. God, people, you're some of you are adults. Some of you are actually adults that are on here doing this. And some of them are kids doing this. But if you're doing this, if you're an adult doing the same thing as a kid, reassess your life, man. Please, people, seriously. Like, it's, it's really, it's hilarious sometimes. You just got to laugh at people like that. It's pathetic, too. But it is what it is. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, honestly, Mortal Kombat. As much as I enjoyed the game, and thank goodness I got it on the PS5 as well. I don't think it deserves to be to be getting game of the year. I do, on the other hand, believe Street Fighter 6 did, because I've said it many times before. I've played that game since the beta, and everything was perfect from that day on. Every beta that I played, I think it was like two or three betas that I played from there, I had no issue. And I'm not an online person. I'm not an online person whatsoever. I had no issue with that. Then the second, I think the second uh, beta was like, you got to play a little bit of the story mode, had no issue. Then the game came out complete. And again, I'm not being biased because I know who, I know Ryu. <laughs> I am not being biased because you heard the opening, uh, you know, the opening liner with Kyle Aber. No, I'm not being biased. I am being completely factual on the idea that when I played Street Fighter six from day one, my entire experience lived up everything. The, the fact that you're able to create your own character, the fact that your character is immersed into this world. I think the only thing I would give a negative on, and I've said this before when I reviewed it is the disconnect narrative. The narrative of the game does not connect completely with everything that went on with the comic. Because if you read the comic, you know what the comic was supposed to be. And then the the other part of it just went everywhere. So again, I'm just hoping if if it comes out with an expansion that really kind of lays out the story of everything that's going on, then we're there we're good. We're absolutely good here. But other than that, the overall gameplay everything the amount of depth that this game had i loved it and i still love it and even though they got these little cross promotion type of things that are kind of annoying every once in a while and they're kind of expensive i'm still i'm i still love the game like you don't have to play that part either and then uh, people are you know cr uh, crapping on mortal Kombat because of these new you know transactions these these uh dlc transactions that they're doing and the pricing of it and all stuff so people are a little bit more upset about Mortal Kombat way more than they are with Street Fighter. And they barely are even anything with Street Fighter. Street Fighter has been in the good of people for the for, uh, longest. So if Street Fighter does not get this win, I will be furious. 
it better not be no damn Nickelodeon star uh, brawl too. It, it, I swear to good. I, 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 I honestly, I honestly will think if Nickelodeon all-star brawl two wins, or even honestly, if mortal Kombat wins, I think the live crowd, I think we may hear booze from the live crowd for, for the first time ever. I, I honestly think truly think that I think there is going to be a divide of people who like mortal Kombat, but also like you can't deny that more mortal Kombat released it released unsuccessful. It was an unsuccessful day one release. And you do have to count the fact that the Nintendo switch is a console and it does have to be, it really has to play solid and fluently on there as much as it does on the other platforms. It does not deserve to win. And it, here's the bad part. And I think I've said this before with everything that we were anticipating for Mortal Kombat one, it looked like in terms of visual presentation, storytelling, all this stuff, which I, I will definitely still say the story is better than street fighter six. They, it was their fight to win. It was their fight to win and they screwed it up. Kind of reminds me of the, um, which, uh, Eagles game that was, it was the Eagles versus the Cowboys. The Cowboys almost beat the damn Eagles and they screwed it up at the last moment. This is kind of how like the Mortal Kombat, like Mortal Kombat had every chance of beating Street Fighter six, <coughs> excuse me. And I, there were times when I would say like, I don't know, Street Mortal Kombat one looks like it's going to be really, really dope. And then it came out and then we had all these issues, very disappointed, like many on all platforms, mind you, not just the Nintendo switch, Nintendo switch was the biggest one, but all platforms had some issues. They had it. They had it, they had it, they had it, and they lost it in my opinion, but not just mine, many other people. So I'm voting Street Fighter Six for this. And uh, I look, this is good. I'm, I'm just saying like, they better not get this wrong. Judges better not get this one wrong. So moving on, best family game for best games appropriate for family play. Uh, irrespective of genre or platform nominees go to Disney illusion Island. I heard that game was really good, but the crazy part is you don't really do anything, but just traverse through the side scrolling stages, but they made it work. I heard great things about it. I maybe someday I'll check it out. Party animals. Another one, Pikmin four. That could be a heavy one too. Sonic superstars. Eh. Sonic games are always a hit or miss. And I think this one was kind of a slight miss, especially when you compare it to Super Mario Wonders, which I think honestly, the games to be the, the real fight here is going to be Super Mario Wonders, which I think is going to win Pikmin 4 and Disney Illusion Island. I really haven't heard much about Pikmin 4. I didn't hear any hype uh, or praise about Pikmin 4, even though it's like a really, you know, fun game that people like. Um, Disney illusion, Disney illusion Island. I've heard many great things about, but this recent super Mario brothers game, although I don't think it's the best one, it doesn't mean it's not a great game. And especially for this category, there are a lot of fun things that you could do in this game that I really enjoyed. It gave me uh super Mario world vibes. Um, the, and I actually enjoyed the multiplayer aspect of this. Cause it doesn't feel like you're really in a multiplayer type of situation, but you are with people who are actually playing online from around the world at the same time. 
um and they do kind of help out in a lot of ways in there so i thought that plus i love the new power-ups and everything in there too so as a platformer a family platformer i think that was a great one you can never go wrong with a mario game um but we're not comparing best mario games we're comparing best family game but you can't when it when it's just when it's mario against everybody else you can't beat mario when it's mario versus itself odyssey's getting that win for that one but mario i i, I place my vote for mario's best family game for that uh this is one i kind of do have a dog in a fight but i will not have a dog in a fight best sim strategy game only game i've played in this category is advanced wars one plus two reboot camp which i reviewed earlier this year uh city skylights 2 is also up for um nomination company of heroes 3 fire emblem engage pikmin 4. now i'm not voting in this category because i've only played one game and here's the other thing that game that i played i wasn't really thrilled with it as much as i was with the original for some reason i just couldn't get into advanced wars one and two reboot uh camp i don't know why maybe it's because i played you know what it is you know what it is it's because i played that damn super robot wars uh 30 the import game that i played that involved all the uh the mech characters and the anime characters all you know crossing over together gundam and all those guys and um mason jersey and all that i played that that game in terms of strategy games way 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 better probably better than all these damn things but like if it was in America, if that actually hit America, which it did, but I think it was hit it last year, I would have voted for that one. But it only came out for PC, and I think that's why it didn't vote. I don't understand why. Should have got a vote. Should have got a vote last year for that. But um, I play Super Robot Wars, and I played this, and as I I love this back in the day because I've never played. That was like this is one of the first strategy base games that i've ever played before i even played fire emblem and i couldn't you know i love both of those but this was a that's a great game for people who just want to start and that's a way forward game by the way too which is rare for me to say like i wasn't i didn't really enjoy it completely but it was cool that they redid it um i haven't played any of these other games but i wouldn't be surprised if pikmin or fire Emblem will get the win for this because i know i've played fire emblem games before and they've always been awesome um pikmin 4 has also been another one too so i'll be i wouldn't be surprised i haven't i can't speak for the other two so we'll see how that goes but i have no dog in that fight nor do i have this one this is where we get into the esports so best sports racing game nominees go to uh ea sports fc 24 which is football or soccer whatever you want to call it f123 forza motorsport hot wheels unleashed 2 uh, turbo charge and crew motor fest well there's my dog in that best multiplayer category goes nominees go to baldur's gate 3 diablo 4 party animals street fighter 6 super mario brothers 2 i've played two of these games out of the five i'm gonna root for street fighter but I, it could easily go to Baldur's Gate or Diablo 4. I think those are going to be the two that's going to really play that. If it goes to Street Fighter 6, I'll be heavily surprised. Only because I, you know, I love the fight, the, um, the multiplayer aspect on what you could do in that game. But I believe 
the other two may be a little bit more intuitive to multiplayer than those other ones even for super mario brothers you know i think i think those two may be more intuitive but we'll see we'll see how that goes oh this one right here i got a dog in this fight big time best adaptation recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium this is a brand new category because they didn't have this last year but we definitely needed to have it this year um because there are video game adaptations have gone to such a high compared to like this is not the 90s where we had the super mario brothers movie with john like in there we have gotten some great you know adaptation by the way i just realized five nights at freddy is not in this category and it deserves not to be in this category so i'm very glad that they didn't put that in here because it was i'm sorry there are people who are trying to like that game I, if you dig it that i i appreciate you go for it but i i i couldn't i couldn't do it and you can't compare it to any of these ones that they picked here nominees for best adaptation is castlevania nocturne phenomenal absolutely phenomenal series gran turismo a movie i still need to see uh the last of us people the last of us okay on top of that we got super mario brothers movie and then ended off with twisted metal this hey okay i feel like this should be a hard category but this is not going to be a hard category but well respectfully every one of these adaptations absolutely deserve it castlevania nocturne was was absolutely fantastic one of the most beautifully drawn uh animated features i've seen in a long time for a video game Super Mario Brothers movie was the Mario Brothers movie we've always wanted to see. Absolutely. Twisted Metal was a great surprise. Nobody, when we first found out about Twisted Metal was going to be a actual series. And then we kind of saw the trailer and we were kind of thrown back because like, this is going to be a comedy. I don't know about this, but then we watched it and Anthony Mackie killed this every the whole entire cast but it, sweet tooth samoa joe as sweet tooth and will arnett voicing the role awesome and then where the where the storyline went at the end we started realizing where this was going and it's really leading off to what we loved about the game this was a prelude to the to the series i thought they did a tremendous job i am so looking forward to season two uh when they do this they totally turned everybody around. People loved it. But by God, there's no way in Hades that we are not going to vote for The Last of Us. There's no way in hell that The Last of Us is not winning this. This was the biggest viewed and most viewed series of the year, not just based on video game adaptation. This Pedro Pascal was on a roll this year but not only with the mandalorian but playing this character and it was utterly fantastic like this series met crossover appeal people who never played the game got into this series and didn't realize that it was, this was an actual game or found out that it was game and it, and i you know 
I just had this conversation with my therapist the other day too, because, um, I told him about the time that actually, you know, we were talking cause he, apparently he read Robert, uh, Roger Ebert's, you know, um, article before he died about how video games was an art, but this is before any of this has happened. This is before we seen adaptations like this happen. This is before we've seen Oscar caliber stars performing in video games. That man left this world wrong. Okay. This man left his world with an opinion that was clearly wrong. He was basing it on the era that he was in, but he failed to, he was the Martin Scorsese of that era. And he failed to see how great this genre has become because he didn't long, long uh, live long enough to see it. But he, a, a man who is, who critiques everything. And when you're a reviewer and somebody of the likes of, you know, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, you need to be very open-minded. You need to be very open-minded and stuff like that. And he used to appear to have a third dimensional mindset. But when he came to this video game thing, he went down to two dimensions in my opinion. And watching The Last of Us and seeing Pedro Pascal and the cast of that do what they did, you were absolutely wrong, sir. May you rest in peace in that note. But Last of Us is absolutely gonna win this by far. There is no slight on any of the other uh, nominees in here. It's just that one took video games to a whole nother level and the way people look at it. So that's getting the vote. Most anticipated game. <laughs> okay. This is a good one. There's a lot of anticipated games here, but I think there's one that I think there's a no brainer. There's only one game in this category that got its own panel at New York comic-con. So let's talk about that here. The nominees for most anticipated game, final fantasy seven rebirth, Hades two, like a dragon, infinite wealth, Star Wars Outlaws and Tekken 8. I am anticipating every one of these games. Don't get it twisted. Tekken 8, I'm a fighting game fan. I'm looking forward to that. Star Wars, maybe it looks like it's gonna be great. Maybe great. Star Wars games can be hit or miss sometime. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, after, I can't say too much, but after playing the uh, recent game that I'm gonna review after this, I am anticipating this. I don't know if it's the most anticipated, but I'm personally anticipating it. Hades 2. Shout out to Super Giant Games. Shout out to Great Casavan. I know this game is going to rock, but if this other game wasn't coming out <laughs> next year, I think there was some, there's some legs standing on with the other ones, but Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is getting it. They got their own panel at New York Comic Con and it was packed. If you go to talktimelive.com and you go look at my footage, an article of the highlights of New York, uh, of New York Comic Con, that Final Fantasy VII panel was there. It's highly anticipated that's going to win. I don't see any other thing winning after that. I'm sorry. So, and this is where things are just going to drop from here. No dog in a fight. Content creator of the year. Don't know what they, these guys are. Best esport. Not even going to talk about it. Best esport athlete. Don't know who the hell these people are. I'm sorry, folks. If you are, this is not going to be the one to talk about it. Best esport team is all up here, of course. 
best esport coach also here uh best esport event now i will say this these are the categories that that will um be best esport event is the last category by the way but the esport categories most likely are the categories that will just be mentioned in the award ceremony because nobody really is it's popular within a niche amount of people now granted i do recognize that in other countries and other places these stadiums are packed with people but for the mass majority people aren't really that invested and i think the problem is that there's no platform for us to watch it maybe if there was a platform for us to watch just like put it on max put it on netflix put it on hulu or whatever like that somewhere something peacock or whatever maybe we will have more invest uh, invested you know situations in it like i know a few esport dudes mostly in the uh fighting game community but it just goes that far from that um there had maybe they need i don't know because they do a streaming network that means that's another paywall we have to deal with i don't think that's gonna work just put them in one of the other platforms that we already have um but there are the categories that are probably just going to be mentioned but not focused on in the award ceremony because the award ceremony is going to be long enough anyway but that is all of the categories this year for it so we'll see how it goes and um we'll once again we'll have a show that will uh, highlight everything that went down on the game awards that will appear uh when is this coming out load damn it december 7th so it is coming very shortly in about two three weeks from now so stay tuned for that and get ready and folks that will do it for this portion of the show we're going to take a break come back and i will review like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name and i'll give you my thoughts on his epic epic awesome action pack adventure we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live previously on talk time live exclusive the one thing that i respect about this generation of anime uh production is that like i you know i grew up in the 80s uh with you know voltron and 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 uh what is that and some of the other stuff like um speed racer and all these stuff before the term anime was actually a thing credit to this generation because it is far and away evolved in so greatly and the adr aspect of it is the best part about it because they, they you guys managed to do it while also respecting the culture and also maybe making it to localize for us. And it just, it, it's not an easy task. I think dubbing, it, it, it's its bizarre to me that people are still having arguments about dubs versus subs. Cause I'm like- It's, it's ridiculous. Dubs, are, dubs have gotten so much better. And also- so, Here's the pretentious part that I believe. And I've actually had somebody in, on my show from Japan 
once and she clearly she's bilingual she 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 knows uh, she's fluent in japanese as well as english she is her she herself has said that she's enjoyed a lot of the english dub better than the some of the japanese dub and it brought me to, the reason why i brought her in is because the the misconception that people have they, i call them the anime uppity community basically those are people who claim that they love the subs more than the dubs but they don't know look of japanese not elementary not advanced nothing they don't they what they know is reading <laughs> and like if you took those if you took those subtitles away you wouldn't even know what is it considered a good performance or a bad performance that's my thing is i'm like you're not japanese you don't know like if that's a good actor or not you think it's good but they might be japanese people might watch and be like this mother this, uh, I don't know. Like, i'm there i'm there like, with you they're like this guy like is like the cheesiest like he might be like ha i am acting you know like but here we're like gosh they're so brilliant it's like exactly i've heard I, it, it, it burns me it, it pisses me off every single time i i hear this online talk time live reached the final stage of this program and i'm here to review like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name this is rgg studios latest uh installment in the formerly known as yakuza series now renamed like a dragon like it was in japan uh for some reason they called it yakuza here but in japan it was actually known as like a dragon so they just decided to rebrand it for the in local for the localized area here in america and call it like a dragon which is fine I, I do understand why they called it Yakuza because it is based on Yakuza culture and it is storylines based around uh, Kiryu Kazama, who is formerly from the Yakuza and the legendary dragon. Um, and <clears throat> we find him. This takes place directly after the events of Yakuza 6, again, formerly known as Yakuza 6, which I at one point I called my favorite of all the Yakuza games. I've pretty much played, and I pretty much know I own almost every one of them. Even the spinoffs that they come out, there was a spinoff for the PS uh, Vita version that came out that a lot of people didn't play because it was an import and I got my hands on it and played it. Um, but also there was Judgment and there was the recent Like a Dragon that had Ichiban in there. And Like a Dragon 6 or Yakuza 6, was my favorite solely because they added star actual stars from New Japan Pro Wrestling in there. Um, we had Kasuchiko Okada in there. We had so many other people in there that was from from that uh, mix as their own faction, and they had a so, sort of a mini game in there as well that had like some type of faction wars. I thought that was dope. I would have loved to have some more interaction with it. But I think because it was on a PlayStation 4, they couldn't do but so much. I think they solved that problem here in Like a Dragon Gaiden. And they had a similar type of game, but this time you're actually playing it. You got 20 people in a Coliseum and you're doing this whole entire gang war rumble. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in terms of storytelling, 
this may be my favorite of them all. We're going to talk about why. But will it get the grade that it, I think it should get? That's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that. Because if you heard the clip that I had with Amanda C. Miller just now, then you will understand why I can't give a particular score for the category that I, um, for one of the uh, categories that we have here now. The category based on the grading system, as always, goes into the following. It's based on originality, visual presentation, and performance, sound, music, gameplay, fun factor, replay value, actor performances, take note on that, and of course, story. But we're going to start off with the story here. Again, taking place after the events of Yakuza 6, we find the legendary dragon faking his death to protect the ones he loved. Kiryu takes the name Joryu and becomes an agent of the Daijoji, Daidoji faction. While on assignment, Joryu gets tangled into a situation that that becomes deeper than what it was told. Things get worse when the situation involves people who are familiar with his past. Kiryu's dilemma also connects to very familiar people in the Like a Dragon universe, leading to one epic encounter and something for the future to behold. I gotta tell you, I enjoyed the story immensely this time around. And the fact that I've also played the other Like a Dragon series with Ichiban and Judgment, we're seeing all of that come together like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I am uberly excited because of the fact that they added characters from Judgment. Not every character and definitely not the main character. I'm, Yagami was not in here. And, and by the way, I will, if you haven't played this game yet and you're a fan of this Like a Dragon series, I will be spoiling a little bit of things. So if you haven't played it, wait till you play the game, then come back. That's my only warning that I'm giving right now. But we got to see characters from Judgment in here. We also got to see characters from the other Like a Dragon game involving Ichiban and his ragtag group of people. <laughs> All of them are in the game. Yagami has not yet to appear, but I think they're holding that one off um with good reason and maybe he's on a side mission that i didn't play i didn't play all the side missions but i played majority of them i think three of them are left and i'm gonna replay again and i'm gonna play because i'm gonna continue my playoff of this game there's a lot more to do even after the game which we'll talk about in the replay value here but let's talk about originality now in terms of originality it's not that original in a sense because it plays like other like a dragon games um we've seen other like a dragon games play like this but it's not to say that it's not a slight on it it's a great thing the dragon engine recreates the entire uh city of japan and uh, different parts of japan that you can explore and within every part of japan you get immersed in the uh environment because there are people that are just in you know people in the environment that are just doing their own thing kind of reminds me of new york with spider-man i think this is one of the best you know, environments that I've been on since Spider-Man, where I enjoy being in the crowd and just walking in the street and seeing people do different things. I don't think it's better than Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man 2 went to the extra ground because when you actually walk in the street, you see people, everybody doing different things. They're not just walking. 
they're like there's people trying to hail a cab there are other people having conversations there are people you walk in a dog like it actually gives that new york atmosphere and if you've been in new york you kind of get an idea of what that atmosphere is and how they roll and i felt it really had that new york atmosphere um i thought they did a really great job japan the the, the um the locations that they have for here um it it was it was pretty good it was pretty good and it was well populated in there but it didn't really get that vibe but the story of this and the originality and all that stuff is like we've you know we've played yakuza games like this before but it's one of those type of situations if it ain't broke don't fix it type of thing so like i'm good with it it i i enjoyed it all the time and i always enjoy it um the dragon engine does return with a few new bells and whistles however new upgrading abilities combat gadgets heat attacks ultimate encounters and sub stories with a new awesome coliseum mode like i've mentioned recently and we'll talk about that a little bit more and activities all through the city which we all know known to be accustomed with when it comes to rgg studios um as far as the visual presentation honestly this is the best out of every rgg studios game and like a dragon uh series that's in the universe so far because here's the deal i felt like this was the first like a dragon game where the cutscenes and the cgi scenes were extreme like seamlessly like i couldn't tell the difference and i didn't know which one was a cutscene if there were any cutscenes or whether they're actually um cgi you know scenes cinematic scenes if you will and i thought that was greatly done whereas in the past like like the character models look great and they would definitely use the character models during cutscenes, but then there would be the cinematic scenes where it looks even better than the cutscenes with the character models and this one i really couldn't tell the difference if there was actually cinematic scenes in there um i thought they did a tremendous job with this and the playstation 5 helped us greatly to probably be the one of the best and i'm saying that it's a lot because even judgment i think absolutely had cinematic scenes that you could tell that were different from the actual cutscenes with involving the character models um but even though i enjoy you know judgment the uh, judgment lost in um in the first judgment this one visually kind of stepped up this is like stepped up greatly here this was this may be the first one that i've actually seen it done seamlessly um so kudos to them for that one and, you know the character models were phenomenal in this i mean they always are like people forget sega kind of revolutionized what video games look should look like cinematically i mean dating back to shinmu which is crazy now because you if you play shinmu 3 and uses what yu suzuki has done with that because he didn't have the budget that rgg studios is, has you know what sega has been you know do, doing with them which is basically the you like the honestly that's the crazy part say what you will the dragon engine is basically a playoff of what yu suzuki the legendary developer yu suzuki did with shinmu which was a game changing open world type of uh, situation. There was no such thing as open world until Yu Suzuki came out with Shinmu. Okay. Um, he revolutionized that. He, ch he changed the way we play video games. RGG is playing to that tradition, is playing to that philosophy. And they did it, actually superseded him. And I don't know if budget just had to do anything to do with it. 
they found so many different ways to do that Shinmu experience, but make it even better. So kudos to them for that. But um, the visual presentation and performance in here was great. There was no, I had no issues. Something I never do with a RGG Studios or Sega game of this caliber. Never have any issues with bugs, glitches, crashes, any of that stuff. There's never any, like we don't give RGG Studios enough credit for the fact that when they come out with these like a dragon games or any of these spinoff games or whatever from start to finish there's always great development here i think rgg studios ryuga gotoku deserves huge praise especially after some of the games that we've received this year from some really great developing uh, development companies that normally would we are known for coming out with some great stuff but has it RGG Studios are is phenomenal with stuff like that, and I think they should be highly praised for it. Sound and music as well. I mean, great theatrical uh, cinematic score that comes with this every single time. They never miss a beat with that. Um, gives you that, you know, that gangster film, that Yakuza-style film feel that you get with the dramatic intensity and all that stuff. And they also, because this is like a dragon, and this is the like a dragon universe, there's also some very goofy moments. So... A lot of the music that you hear from prior um, like a dragon games are re you know kind of recycled into this one and it still works especially when you get the wacky uh you know the wacky uh sub stories and there's always some wacky sub stories in here so gameplay i loved it absolutely loved it kiryu slash juryu um has two new fight styles to choose from kind of similar to what yagami did in a uh, judgment he has a yakuza style which is used to fight against opponents in like kind of a brawler type uh vibe but also a little bit of gritty martial arts style too agent style game changer a new style used to fight against multiple enemies uh again much like yagami does yagami has a similar style where he uses for multiple enemies and um you know one particular for a single you know combat but the agent style is dope because uh jory or kiryu whatever you want to call him now has multiple gadgets he now implies Im implements gadgets into his um arsenal now and these gadgets in his arsenal includes what is called spider a tool that ejects a wire from his watch a la james bond if you will and grapples enemies in different ways uh serpent which is a mechanical a mechanism that is set off on his shoes, setting off rockets, giving Kiryu the ability to tackle opponents. You got Firefly, which is Firefly is my favorite. <laughs> Fire, the the spider is one thing, but the Firefly is my favorite. I don't condone smoking by any stretch. In this situation, I'm all for it because what it is, it's not a cigarette. It's a small bomb placed in a cigarette. Once ignited. From a single puff it lets off an explosion explosive charge taking out any any like enemy in this path and if you are in heat action mode it enhances the actual deal and you end up taking like 10 20 people out you know instantly and the more you upgrade it it gets better you got also b which is an autonomous auxiliary drone powered by ai which once activated, they swarm enemies, giving you the advantage to take out your uh, opponents at will. So all gadgets can be upgraded to enhance um, their abilities instantly. And it's so much fun. 
I love playing him in agent mode. And also, not only that, but like we talk about visual presentation, going back to that real quick. Kiryu under Joe Ryu with wearing the new suit, these new, um, you know, uh, like Armani suits or whatnot looks awesome on him. Like he's taken, he's no longer dressing like a Yakuza member. He's dressing like an actual secret service agent, but also throughout the game, you can change his uh, gear. You can go to boutiques and change his clothing and you know, for when he fights and when he just, you know, traverse throughs the cities and all this stuff and the castle and all this stuff. So, um, it's pretty awesome. I really love it. But the gadgets are a great addition to this. That's what kind of differentiates itself from the rest. Cause every Yakuza game that you've ever played with Kiryu, Kazama, uh, um, Kazama in this, you notice that he basically is always brawling to some extent. And he's using environmental, uh, you know, you know, weapons to strike at people. He also uses a gun this time around. I don't believe he's ever used a gun or had uses to use a gun. He, he shoots people now. So that's a whole new thing. And he really shoots people. Like it's, this is pretty much John Wickish in this type of thing. So fun factor. I you, like any, like a dragon game. You just don't go straight from point A to point B of the main story. There is so many things you could do in this game. And by God, that's why I want to go back and play this game and finish and start completing other aspects and sub stories because it's so much fun to do. Fighting in the Coliseum, going to the castle and fighting in the Coliseum, <coughs> going in, which has its own sub story in itself. You go gamble in there. There's many different gambling, uh, poker, um, Shogi, I believe is in there. And, um, you know, blackjack is also in there as well. There's other games you can play. You could do karaoke. Karaoke is not easy to do. Karaoke, they depends on when he, how many you know songs you gather. I believe it's not the first time they did karaoke. They've done karaoke in other like a dragon games. They also did car um, karaoke in what was that? Uh, Fist of the North Star. Because remember, RGG Studios uh, did for Fist of the North Star, um, Lost in Paradise, and you had. Kinshiro also do it, but I think the 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 uh, karaoke in that one was much easier than this. This one was kind of hardcore. So you could also, what you could do before, there's a little bit of pervy things going on in here too, because this is an adult-based game, folks. You could chill at uh, you could chill at the uh, Carabet Club, which different about this experience is that they actually got real live action models to wine and dine with you this time. And they're very, very fulfilling looking women that you can select in here and play the mini games. And I, I that caught me out of surprise because I looked at, I looked when I first played it, because you there's a submission where you have to play it. And when you first play it, I'm like, these women look real. And then you look closer, you start to realize, oh my God, they are real. Like normally other, times in the other games these simulate these like date simulators which this is they usually are like you know cut their, their their character models not this time they got real models this time and it is incredible and they are dare i say well endowed women that they have in here so um you may find yourself if you're into women you may find yourself going back to that a little bit more than you expected so especially because they're real um, so I find that very interesting. It was a lot of fun there. You can also join a pocket circuit 
which is consists of you uh, putting together uh, racing with RC cars, remote control cars that you modify to make them to be the fastest in the track. Um, you also, of course, like any like a dragon game, you can actually play actual video games, Sega classic Sega games from the past and the arcade, but also with your own Sega master system. Now, this is something not this is nothing new. This is something that you were able to do also in um, the what was the game? The uh, Fist of the North Star game. You were able to do that there and they had a Sega Master System there where you could find where you go out into the desert, you travel and end up finding cartridges and everything of new games that you could play, including the original uh, Fist of the North Star Sega game from back in the day. This time around, the games that you will be able to play on the in the arcade or in the Sega Master System or Fighting Vipers 2, that's back, RS2 Sega Racing Classic, Galaxy Force, Flicky, Sonic Fighter, uh, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog actually had a fighting game at one point. Uh, Virtual Fighter 2 is also back as well. You can also play darts, one of my favorite games to play, as well as pool, only because I now know how to play pool and I know the rules and I get it. But there's so many things you could do. And as always, you have some great sub stories with fun and wacky stories involving like the, the sub stories are like filler episodes but they're very funny filler episodes that kind of break away from the intensity and the grittiness and the violence of the game. It, 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 it like, I love it because you do need that. Cause sometimes the actual main story does get really intense. And then, you know, this kind of breaks off the mindset of like, okay, this is a video game now. <laughs> so, um, I really, really enjoy that. And this, the, the, uh, the sub stories are always enjoyable to play. And also what's great about the sub stories again, because we're seeing the, the migration of, of different, you know, um, spinoff games coming together. If you are a fan of judgment of the judgment series, you're going to love playing the sub stories. You will also know that other characters from other games are all coming in. This is like, we're getting a like RGG studios is preparing us to have a, a Avengers or end game like experience in the upcoming games that are coming. So get ready. Cause I can't wait till Yagami comes and joins up with Kiryu in Ichiban. That is going to be my, like, that is, that is just going to be it for me. <laughs> like I'm a hardcore fan of this by now. If you haven't noticed already replay value. Like I say, once you complete the main story, you can traverse through the two cities again to uh, finish what you left off and, you know, complete different parts of the game that you couldn't. And uh, there's also a bonus to this game, too. There's a bonus trial game of the upcoming uh, follow up to the Like a Dragon series, which is Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is which will start um, Ich uh, Ichiban in this one. But will also have the appearance of Kiryu. And as you played the main story, you see how this is all gonna come about. So this is playing a factor. Um, I will also say this about story. I won't spoil the end result of the story, but Kiryu is awesome in this game. You're going to see Kiryu like you've never seen before. If you've never seen, Kiryu Kazama is always an emotionless type of character. He has to be stone cold. He has to keep his guard up and everything all the time. You're going to see him like you've never seen him before in this game. And I think that adds on. And, and when you get to that point, 
it's so heartwarming it is so heartwarming they, they finally went full circle with this character and i really appreciate what they've done with him and what they're continuing to do with him um it was just awesome but like if you if you played all six of the um yakuza games plus the spinoffs that he's been involved with and all that stuff and you know his story you're going to be rewarded with this game in terms of his his narrative and everything trust me when i tell you it's going to be awesome there so you know just enjoy this game now here's the problem where it comes down to like i said we you listened to the clip with me and amanda at this segment the reason why i put this clip that clip on here because it talks about dubs versus subs and that's stupid debate that it really shouldn't be a debate anymore but we talked about something in terms of actor performances if this was judgment or if this was the uh ichiban version of like a dragon we we have a whole different conversation here because they both had japanese cast and american uh english cast to do the adr you know uh writing for the show for the um game of course traditionally normally like a dragon games are all japanese with subtitles me and amanda talked about that in terms of like we don't know because we're not fluent in japanese whether the performances are great or not so far be it for me to give a grade percentage score for a performance i don't know whether it was good or not and i not to say that it wasn't some of the actors that they have for this are reoccurring characters especially the character who plays the voice of ichiban uh, kazama i mean not Ichi, i said ichiban kazama i'm sorry for kiryu kazama it's the same voice i get it but i will be only basing it on the subtitles i cannot fairly give a grade for a game and not know the language and whether the language is good or not there may be some people in japan who may like the actual um, performances. There's some who may not, but because I don't know the performance, I can't give a grade. I can't, honestly, I can't say that. I can read the, the, the text and say like, okay, the narrative was great. The storytelling was great, but I can't say whether the performance is great. So I am now opting out of grading this, which is gonna kind of take away from their grade, unfortunately. But honestly, I, for me to give a grade on the performances I, it would be wrong it would be kind of unethical too it would be absolutely wrong and unethical for me to do because i don't know whether it's good or not but it sounds good it, it really does the the sync the the voice syncing really plays in it does really well i just don't know if you know not everybody agrees with it and i can't give you that so unfortunately because of my lack of understanding of the language i can't give a thorough critique on the performance so i am going to leave this out now had i i mean i i, I can't because i can't really say like i was going to actually give it an 80 percent because it sounded like it but no but that can't that's so inappropriate i can't i cannot so that really kind of plays off of the grade on this case i cannot grade that for it and because of that i'm going to have to leave it off of that and just leave it from there but 
in terms of everything else, you know, it, it's everything else was great. So let's go to the score here. Let's go to the score. Originality. I gave a 75% because like I said, I've played every like a dragon game before that provides a variety of things to do. It's a great thing, but it's not a, there's no nuance to it. Only just certain aspects of it. Um, but overall I've, I, I played them all. They're the same thing, but that's not a bad thing. That's a very good thing. It's just not original. After a while, it has to be completely original. Like if they're going to be original, like, like a dragon needs to be like a fighting game or something like that, or do something different to that measure. Um, so 75, I think is fair visual presentation. I gave a 100 sound of music. I gave a 100 fantastic score as always. Um, you know, it was an episodic score. They use virtually the same music every single time to some extent gameplay 100 enjoyed it every bit fun factor absolutely 100 just like i said there's so much for you to do uh replay value definitely 100 i'm gonna definitely go back and play that game soon this is a great filler game to play when you're waiting for new game plus on spider-man uh 2 by the way about just to be perfect timing for them to come out with this um while we're waiting for that loved it and of course back to performances is no score for that uh story story gets a 100 as well i thought they it, there was a great payoff to this uh with this game and especially the end and if you like i said you've been following this game from from jump for when kiryu is a young you know upstart in the yakuza uh family in a doji family or whatever i forgot or the, to the toga family if you will i'm probably getting that wrong and you see how he is going down how he's aging how the how times have changed because back then he wasn't even using a cell phone let alone a smartphone now they got smartphones and technology and everything and they caught up with the times and all the stuff i thought that was awesome so like the storytelling was very well done and the payoff was really great so at this point the game gets a three a score of 337.5 with an 84.4 uh deal and i think if the score for the originality was higher it probably would have gotten a b plus a minus or an even an a um but in this case the score is a 84.4 which gives it a b so i absolutely enjoyed it um if you're a like a dragon fan you're going to enjoy this game if you are new to the like a dragon series yes get this but i would be you would be remiss if you don't play the first games first and by the way those other games are available for a very reasonable price i believe there's two of them you could get two of them or like a bundle for like one little small price but trust me when i tell you you will be filled with so much replay value for those games every one of those games provide an immense amount of replay value in here this one's no different but i am looking forward to what's to come in this series because this is all going to lead to all of the characters in the universe coming together for one big type of epic situation and i like i said i'm a big fan of yagami from judgment when him and that law office comes in because they already brought in uh his protege in here and his and his, and his partner in here when they bring him them in it is on it is absolutely on i cannot wait but go anyway get this like this is a great filler game for those who are waiting to play new game plus it's a great holiday game to buy if you don't know about the like a dragon series i highly invest in the, i know if you watch aew uh dynamite they just recently did a promotional match that some people don't like 
and only people who played the game does. It was wacky, but it was hilarious because it was a like a dragon street fight. And to their credit, the production of this, I thought was awesome because they played to a lot of the elements of the game, including using a bike, an actual bike as a weapon. Um, they got tore up during this match. It was crazy, but it really felt like what it was for the game. I'm sorry if people didn't like it. I am particularly a little bit. I was fanning out for this because it was all Sega filled fun here. So um, say what you will. WWE has done some dorky stuff too, probably even more dorkier than this. It's wrestling people. It's not real. It's never going to be real. They're never going to play it like a sport. We're just going to have to deal with it. Nonetheless, just as long as it's not like David McLean from wow or whatever doing it, I'm fine. But so there you have it, folks. That will do it for this edition of Select Start. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious of what I'm going to review next week. Naruto Cross Barto Ultimate Ninja Store Connections will be the game I review next week. Uh, it's available now. It it's already available for people to buy. If you brought it, pre-ordered it digitally, it's available now. I didn't stay up till 12 midnight, even though I could have, because I needed to get some sleep. My wife is running a marathon this week, so we need to be set and ready. Need to have my sleeping patterns done. So there it is. A little insight there. Um, but this Sunday, I'll also out today. Very video game related as well. Scott Pilgrim takes off is officially available right now on netflix uh right after this show i am going to be watching that binging that eight episodes all in it's all available i am so looking forward the whole entire cast from the original movie is in there i was supposed to re-watch the movie before watching this but uh like i don't have to but i just want to but i think when i re-watch this series again i probably will i'm gonna re-watch the movie and then re-watch the series again so that is going to be me. I cannot wait. I'm such a freaking fan of Scott Pilgrim. So stay tuned Sunday. I'll give my thoughts on that and everything else is going on in the world of our favorite fandoms. And again, thank you to Amanda C. Miller for coming on the show. I absolutely adore her. She, I have the deepest respect for her talent, for her knowledge and her craft. And if you love the Baruto series, if you love the Naruto series, if you love her as Sailor Jupiter or any other characters that she's ever played in both video games, animated series, or, uh, you know, anime and video games, go check that out. Uh, check out that interview. It's fantastic. It's a lot of, I, we had a lot of fun, uh, joking around, talking about everything going on in her world and a lot of great subjects we talked about there too. Hour long, um, just nothing but good fun. And uh, it's available both in audio and video. It's go to talktimelive.com where you can check out all of our episodes, our audio episodes and our video exclusive like that one there. And I don't know if that's gonna be the last interview I do for the year, maybe, maybe there might be another one. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Play by Aaron Elwa. But I, I just thoroughly enjoyed uh, that when I've been waiting to have her on the show to talk about her working on a game. I knew she couldn't talk about everything but she gave some good insight on what she was doing behind the scenes with that when I do it. Love that. So, um, man, I, 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 uh, I really appreciate it. I'm very blessed to have all these people come on the show. And I just, I actually counted how many interviews I've done. And, uh, she's the 99th interview that I've done now. Granted, she's been on the show multiple times, but she is the 99th interview. So which one is going to be number 100? Number 100 may come in at the end of the year, or maybe get in here because I have some people that I may want to invite back 
next year that are uh, video game involved. So we'll see what happens from there. But uh, thank you, everybody who's ever been a part of this show. I am deeply, deeply, deeply grateful for that. So if you like this episode and every episode, you can go to talktomlive.com, check out all our content there. We got media content from panels that I work with Repop as well that you can enjoy with um, anime cast out there. You can check out our blog page. We got a lot going on there. Our highlights from New York Comic Con is on there as well. Some other things uh, that will be popping up down the line. So you can definitely check that out. And if you like many, work all day from nine to five, listen to podcasts all day, um, or driving, traveling. You could check our show out wherever podcasts are played. It's including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, you name it. We are there. We're in places I don't even know, <laughs> apparently. So this is where we're getting our download feed from. And, you know, shout out to everybody who downloads all the shows from there. We get a lot of download um, feed from here. So, Thank you guys for that. And I deeply appreciate it. And uh, keep us going and keep us growing continually. So folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care. And I will talk to you guys Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.